Welcome to the GDPR Weekly Show, one of the top five GDPR podcasts worldwide. Here is what's coming up in this week's episode. Welcome to episode 211 of the GDPR Weekly Show, the number one GDPR podcast worldwide. And coming up in this week's episode, we have news of a data breach at security password company LastPass. With the focus still on the war in Ukraine, we have news that there's been a data breach about NATO missile systems. And then we have details of a data breach at Plex. We then travel to the USA, where DoorDash has had a data breach. And then to Greece, where gas operator Desflat has had a data breach. We then travel to Canada, where Hamilton Water has had a data breach. And then to California, where following the Robin Hood data breach, Robin Hood have now reached a $20 million settlement with victims of the breach. We then travel to California, where the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation has had a data breach. And then to Indonesia, where Indonesia Telecom has had a data breach. And finally this week, we have news of a class action being founded against Block following a data breach at the cash application processing provider. For listeners in the UK and Europe who might not be familiar with Block, Block owns Square provide payment terminal to a number of retailers. So there's always a wide range of articles for you this week. We hope you find the information in the articles informative. As always, if you have any feedback for us, please do email us at feedback com. Wish there was a simple guide to GDPR? Well, now there is. GDPR made simple. Available now on Amazon. Password management software company LastPass has suffered a data breach that led to the theft of source code and proprietary technical information. LastPass, which is owned by GoTo, who were formerly called LogMeIn, disclosed the breach in an online notice posted on Thursday this week, but insisted that the customer master passwords or any encrypted password vault data were not compromised. LastPass Chief Executive Karim Tuba said the company's security team detected unusual activity within portions of the LastPass development environment two weeks ago, and launched an investigation that confirmed the source code theft. In a statement, LastPass said, We've determined that an unauthorised party gained access to portions of the LastPass development environment through a single compromised developer account and took portions of source code and some proprietary LastPass technical information. Our products and services are all operating normally. In response to the incident, we have deployed containment and mitigation measures and engaged with a leading cybersecurity and forensic firm. While our investigation is ongoing, we've achieved a state of containment, implemented additional enhanced security measures, and seen no further evidence for unauthorised activity. Tuba said the company is evaluating further mitigation techniques to strengthen its environment. Most importantly, LastPass insists that the incident did not compromise any master passwords that manage access to encrypted vaults in its flagship password manager software. We never store or have any knowledge of your master password, Tuba said, noting that LastPass uses zero-knowledge architecture that ensures the company can never know or gain access to a customer's password. He said the investigation has shown no evidence of any unauthorised access to encrypted vault data or customer data in the LastPass production environment. LastPass claims to have more than 30 million users and 85,000 business customers worldwide. If we get any update on this from LastPass, we will of bring it to you in the next episode of the GDPR Weekly Show. You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. To the war in Ukraine now, and NATO is assessing the impact of a data breach of classified military documents being sold by a hacker group online. The data is understood to include blueprints of weapons being used by NATO allies in the Ukraine conflict. 
Criminal hackers are selling the dossiers of data after stealing the data linked to a major European weapons maker. MBDA Missile Systems admitted its data was among the stash, but claimed none of the classified files belonged to the firm. The pan-European company, which is headquartered in France, said its information was hacked from a compromised external hard drive, adding that it was cooperating with authorities in Italy where the data breach took place. It is understood that investigations are centred around one of MBDA's suppliers. In a statement, a NATO spokesperson said, We are assessing claims relating to data allegedly stolen from BDA. We have no indication that any NATO network has been compromised. Cyber criminals operating on Russian and British forums are selling 80 gigabytes of the stolen data for 15 bitcoins, which is approximately £273,000, and claim to have sold the stash to at least one unknown buyer so far. In their advert for the stolen data, the hackers claimed to have classified information about employees of companies that took part in the development of closed military projects, as well as design documentation, drawings, presentations, videos and photo materials, contract agreements and correspondence with other companies. A sample of the data includes documents labelled NATO Confidential, NATO Restricted and Unclassified Controlled Information. In addition to the sample, the criminals supplied additional documents by email, including two marked NATO Secret. NATO's classification levels are cosmic top secret, unauthorised disclosure of which would cause exceptionally grave damage to NATO, NATO secret, or unauthorised disclosure would cause serious damage to NATO, NATO confidential, unauthorised disclosure would be damaging to NATO interests, NATO restricted, unauthorised disclosure would be disadvantageous to the interests of NATO, and unclassified controlled information which is a US security label for information that is government-created or owned, information that requires safeguarding or dissemination controls consistent with applicable laws, regulations and government-wide policies. The hackers would not confirm whether or not material had come from more than one hack source. The files, which have not been independently verified, detail a communications intelligence mission by a US Air Squadron carried out at the end of 2020 in Estonia. The data includes the call logs, full name, phone number and GPS coordinates of a person allegedly at the centre of the operation. A former NATO official said, There's lots of overclassification in NATO, but these labels matter. They're applied by the originator's information and NATO secret is not a classification applied lightly. This really is the kind of information NATO doesn't want out in the public domain. He added that the chances of documents having been declassified were slim, bearing in mind that most of the files appeared to have been created between 2017 and 2020. The sample files also include a presentation that appeared to detail the inner workings of the Land Scepter CAMM, Common Anti-Air Modular Missile, including the precise location of the electronic storage unit within the vehicle. One of these was recently sent to Poland for use in the Ukraine conflict as part of the SkySaber system and is understood to be operational. MBDA Missile Systems has not disputed that its information had been breached, but said the company's internal verification processes indicate that the data made available online are neither classified data nor sensitive. However, some of the documents known to have been stolen from MBDA are labelled as proprietary information not to be disclosed or reproduced. MBDA Missile Systems was created in December 2001 after the merger of missile systems companies in France and the UK. It has 13,000 employees and is a joint venture between Airbus, BAE Systems and Leonardo. The media streaming service Plex has informed users of a serious data breach that has compromised personal information. Plex, which is popular amongst cord cutters and those with a large library of downloaded content, emailed users advising them to reset passwords following the attack, which took advantage of a security flaw. While usernames and email addresses were exposed, Plex says the passwords stolen were all hashed and encrypted, limiting the possibility for exposure. 
The company says it followed best practice for encryption. Credit card information and payment data was not part of the data breach, Pletz reassured its customers. In a statement, Pletz said, Yesterday, we discovered suspicious activity on one of our databases. We immediately began an investigation, and it does appear that a third party was able to access a limited subset of data that includes emails, usernames, and encrypted passwords. Pletz says it has plugged the security issue that enabled hackers to compromise users' data and is going to extra lengths to ensure its defences are tight. The company added, We've already addressed the method that this third party employed to gain access to the system and we're doing additional reviews to ensure that the security of all of our systems is further hardened to prevent future incursions. While the chances of your account being tracked are low due to password hashing, it's always best to turn on two-factor authentication when it's available, as indeed it is with Plex, or use a password manager to generate secure passwords. Contact us on helpdesk at gdprweeklyshow.com To America now, an American food delivery giant DoorDash has confirmed that it's been hit by a data breach after stopping suspicious activity from a third-party vendor's network. The company says that the data breach was a sophisticated phishing campaign. Perpetrators leveraged vendors' stolen network credentials to gain access to DoorDash's internal tools. Following a preliminary investigation, the firm confirmed certain personal data of customers has been exposed. However, DoorDash affirms as of now, customers' personal information has not been abused for fraud or identity theft. It's understood that the data involved includes name, email address, delivery address and phone numbers. Basic order information and partial payment card information of selected customers has also been exposed. DoorDash confirmed that the data breach does not include passwords, full payment card numbers, bank account numbers or social security or social insurance numbers. To thwart further activities by perpetrators, DoorDash temporarily disabled the vendor's access to its system. The firm also concluded that the attack is tied to a wider phishing campaign that started several other companies. In a statement, DoorDash said, While the incident was a result of a phishing attack targeted at a third party, we took action to further enhance DoorDash's already robust security systems as well as our third-party vendor security systems. We have also shared security alerts with the other third-party vendors, detailing the specific tactics used, and reminded employees and third-party vendors to be on the alert for any suspicious activity. Wish there was a simple guide to GDPR? Well, now there is. GDPR Made Simple. Available now on Amazon. With all the news about energy at the moment, Greek gas operator has suffered a data breach as criminals exploit the energy crisis. Ransomware group Wagner Locker, which claimed responsibility for the attack, has developed a reputation for targeting critical infrastructure operators. Cyber criminals are capitalised on Europe's energy crisis. Desfa, Greece's largest natural gas distributors, suffered a data breach. Desfa confirmed in a public statement that cyber criminals attempted to gain access to its IT systems. It said its gas system was still operational, but some data may have been exfiltrated by the hackers. Desfa said it deactivated most of its IT services to protect against the attack and plans to gradually restore its operating systems. Desfa also said it is investigating the incident and has mobilised teams to get its IT systems back to normal as soon as possible. Ragnar Locker, who claimed responsibility for the breach, are believed to have breached the networks of at least 52 other critical infrastructure organisations, according to an alert issued by the FBI this year. The criminal gang posted details of the alleged stolen data online and threatened to publish more files if not contacted by DESFA to fix security issues. DESFA said in a statement that it would not engage with cyber criminals. If we receive any update from DESFA, we will respond to you in the next episode of the GDPR Wiki Show. You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. 
to Canada now and the city of Hamilton says a third party mailing vendor used by the water meter maintenance company Hamilton Water Contract Bomb has been subject to a ransomware attack. Neptune Technology Group, who handled replacement and maintenance of residential and commercial water meters, informed the city that 2,387 accounts may have been subject to the attack. Names and mailing addresses may have been compromised as a result. Neptune Technology Group has stopped using and sharing information with the mailing vendor as a precautionary measure until further notice. The mailing vendor has also hired a consultant to investigate the attack. Hamilton Water considered this as a low-risk incident for residents. The city says residents can take precautionary measures to safeguard information by reviewing account statements and monitoring credit reports for suspicious activity. If you're a regular listener to the GDPR Weekly Show, then you might remember that back in episode 170, we brought you news of a data breach at Robin Hood. Well, this week, the online stock trading platform and broker-dealer moved closer to paying $20 million as part of a class action settlement with thousands of customers whose accounts were allegedly accessed by unauthorised users. From January 2020 through to April 2022, Robinhood used substandard security practices and lacked security measures used by other broker-dealer online systems, according to a motion for settlement filed on July 1st in the US District Court for the Northern California. A California magistrate judge granted preliminary approval of the deal, according to court documents. Robin Hood agreed to settle without admitting any liability or wrongdoing. Contact us on helpdesk at gdprweeklyshow.com. Returning to California now, and in early 2022, the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation Information Technology Professionals discovered a potential data breach following routine maintenance on one of their information systems. The breach potentially included medical information on everyone who was tested for COVID-19 by the department from June 2020 through to January 2022, including staff, visitors and others. It did not include COVID-19 testing information for the jail population. The breach also potentially included mental health information for the jail population in the mental health services delivery system going as far back as 2008. At this time, and as a result of our forensic analysis, the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation does not have any collaborating evidence to suggest that the data exposed has been compromised or misused. Despite this, the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation is notifying potentially impacted people out of an abundance of caution so they may take any steps they think they need to to protect themselves. The exact date of the data breach is not known, but in January 2022, CDCR, the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation, discovered some suspicious activity in a file transfer system dating back to December 2021. CDCR, IT staff took immediate action, suspended the affected system. The department also notified authorities and began a multi-agency investigation. In late June 2022, that investigation revealed someone or something had entered the system without permission. Fortunately, there was no sign that anyone looked at or copied information. It appears at this time there's no sign of anyone accessing, copying, and even looking at the information. However, the information in the file sharing system using medical information from everyone who received a COVID 19 test in the department from June 2020 to January 2022. For the prison population in the mental health service delivery system, the information included their name, CDCR number, mental health treatment, mental health history, and mental health diagnosis. Additionally, information in the trust, restitution, accounting, and canteen system was also potentially involved. This information includes records of transactions made to and from trust accounts since 2008, as well as some trust account numbers. Information about people on parole who are in substance use disorder treatment programs may also have been involved. 
Some of the data included social security numbers, driver's license numbers and trust account information. CDCR says that the problem was limited to one computer system and they continued to monitor all its other systems to ensure that none were impacted. The CDCR said that anyone affected can order credit reports from either Equifax, Experian or TransUnion free once a year. You can do this online at www.annualcreditreport.com. CDCR said that the computer system involved is no longer being used. CDCR is now using a new system with more security controls. They say we take the matter very seriously and regret what has happened. CDCR committed to transparency as we move forward with increased data security measures in place. CDCR want to assure everyone that they've changed their procedures and practices to limit the risk this will happen again. Wish there was a simple guide to GDPR? Well, now there is. GDPR Made Simple. Available now on Amazon. To Jakarta in Indonesia now, and Indonesia is investigating alleged personal data breaches at state-owned telecoms firm PT Telkom Indonesia, internet service IndiHome, and state utility PT Perushan Listrik Najara, its communications ministry said on Sunday. Samuel Abijani Pangam Appan, a senior communications ministry official, said in a statement that the ministry has summoned representatives from Telcom and PLN and had sent recommendations on data protection to both firms. A Telcom spokesperson told Reuters on Monday that there was no breach of Indy Home's data. PLN spokesperson did not immediately respond to a request for comment, although it's been quoted in local media as saying on Saturday that it was investigating an alleged data breach. Indonesia has had a slew of alleged data breaches in recent years, including on its Top ID 19 screening app, which led to President Joko Widodo's vaccine records being shared widely on social media in September. A data protection bill aimed to bolster the country's cybersecurity infrastructure with the Parliament in 2020, but has yet to be passed into law. You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. And finally this week, multinational tech firm Block is facing claims that it mishandled a major data breach and faces a class action lawsuit over its response time and mitigation to the incident. The plaintiffs argue that because of a four-month delay between the company learning about the data breach and notifying affected customers, Block is in violation of several pieces of consumer legislation. The complaint cites acts such as the California Customer Records Act, the Illinois Customer Fraud Act and Texas Deceptive Trade Practices Act. In December, Block learned that one of its former employees had downloaded information on users of the company's mobile payment service app, Cash App. Using the investment service that Cash App offers, the employee was able to access information such as customer names, brokerage account numbers and trading activities for a specific day. Around 8.2 million users were advised about the breach four months later in April when the company made the matter public. The plaintiffs argue that this is an unacceptable amount of time for the company to have waited before acting and that the information eventually provided did not properly explain the failure in its security. Defendants noticed that the data breach was not just untimely but woefully deficient, failing to provide basic details including but not limited to how the unauthorised former employee was able to access networks, whether the private information access was encrypted or otherwise protected, or how it learned of the data breach the lawsuit contends. Even worse, defendants failed to offer any credit or identity theft monitoring services for plaintiffs and class members. The plaintiffs have also stressed that the breach exposes that the security systems Block has in place are inadequate and that failure to disclose this to its customers amounts to deceptive practice. Several acts of legislation are used to define deceptive practice, such as the Texas Deceptive Trade Practices Act, 
which sets out that representing that goods or services of particular standard quantity or grade if they are of another. Block had stated in April that it had spoken to law enforcement following the breach, but failed to provide a material explanation of how a former employee could still access sensitive information. The plaintiffs argued that they incurred losses and harm to their privacy as a result of the breach, which and something could have been avoided if Block had informed them of the breach immediately. This includes lost time dedicated to the investigation of and the attempt to recover the loss of funds and or cure harm to their privacy. Cash App is a popular app for sending money with an especially active user base in the USA and over 70 million active customers worldwide in the period 2020 to 2021. In addition to operating Cash App, Block owns the company Square, which offers card payment hardware and software to businesses, and buy now, pay later platform Afterpay, which it acquired in 2021. We've approached Block for a comment, but they've not come back to us at the time of going to broadcast. Contact us on helpdesk at gdprweeklyshow.com. We hope that you've enjoyed this week's episode of the GDPR Weekly Show and that you found the information useful and informative. We do really appreciate your feedback, so please do email us at feedback at gdprweeklyshow.com with any comments you might have about the articles we've raised this week or indeed any suggestions you might have for improvements to the show. The GDPR Weekly Show is an insurance production. Please be advised that any advice given during the show is general in nature and should not be taken as specific legal advice. You should always seek legal advice according to your own specific circumstances. Until next time, bye-bye.